This is Confluence, where great ideas flow together. The podcast of the Graduate School of the University of Montana. I'm Ashby Kinch, Dean of the Graduate School. On Confluence, we travel down the tributaries of wisdom and beauty that enrich the soil of knowledge on our beautiful mountain campus. Adrienne brings a presence with her that is so grounded and so invested in whoever or whatever she's with. And for me, that's one of the most trustworthy ways you can go about being in the world. One thing I really appreciate about Adrienne is she is up for whatever challenge is presented to her. We were co-teaching a research class together last semester, and I think she was kind of nervous. And she comes in and she says, I have a surprise. And she pulls up her sweatshirt and she's got this t-shirt on underneath the sweatshirt that has like this giant rainbow unicorn on it. And she's like, this unicorn is to bring us luck today. <laughs> and it was great. You know, it's just like she... Um, she thinks of other people and she, I think, inspires other people to just be positive and, and be their best selves. You just heard the voices of Drs. Kirsten Murray and Veronica Johnson, professors of counseling, talking about their student, Adrian Tausis, one of the Bertha Morton Graduate Student Scholarship winners for 22 23. This episode is part of a series recognizing the achievements of some of our outstanding graduate students. The Bertha Morton Award was named for a great Montanan who dedicated her life to public service. The award recognizes graduate students for the distinctive contributions they make in research, creative activity, and public service. Adrian is a student in UM's PhD program in counselor education and supervision. She has over a decade of experience as a licensed clinical social worker working in a variety of contexts, including equine-facilitated psychotherapy and recovery support. She also runs her own mental health practice, Change is Strength, and works in the area of grief and trauma support. The impact her work has on our community exemplifies a key component of the Bertha Morton legacy, and we are delighted to share her graduate story with listeners. Welcome to Confluence, where the river is always with us. Welcome to Confluence, Adrian. Thanks, Ashby. Um, we're celebrating Bertha Morton winners. You're a, you're a recent winner of the Bertha Morton. Did mm. winning that award have any special resonance for you? Yeah, I think um, I feel overwhelmingly grateful all the time about anything that happens in this school because I never thought that I would be getting my PhD. And so um, when I applied for the scholarship to have funding for my dissertation year it just felt really um lovely and I just was feeling very honored by someone that decided that she wanted to give money for people to extend their research and their education I think that's quite honorable it, it is and, yeah. and it's really kind of an amazing story of course she had no ties to the university yeah it's so no bizarre one, no one cultivated it or just right. kind of came out of nowhere so yeah that feels good that validation yeah. and then this notion i mean it's really important i think in your case because um one of the key elements is sort of leadership and service impact and yeah. of course that's at the core of your work 
And so part of what I want to talk to you about is, is to get you to sort of tell your, your Montana story. You're in the PhD program now in um, counselor education and supervision, mm-hmm. but your path to that's a little nonlinear. So um, how'd you end up <laughs> in Montana and, and especially how that clinical work you did prior to getting here, how did that yeah. kind of inform your decision to make this turn and do the PhD? Yeah, that's a good question. I think nonlinear is a well said. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I went to graduate school. I'm from the East Coast, and so I did all my schooling on the East Coast. And then when I finished graduate school in social work, I knew that I wanted to work with teenagers, but I wasn't quite sure what capacity. And I also knew that I wanted to work outside and felt very unconventional in that way. And literally started Google. Unconventional because on the East Coast, that's not like a normative thing. Yeah, like I was less interested in talk therapy and wanted to kind of delve into the experiential realm. And so I literally started Googling wilderness and therapy mm. um, and ended up finding a program in Oregon that I absolutely fell in love with. And um, they were unique because the therapist would be in the field the whole time with kids. And that's what I was looking for versus and, someone. And this, this is the, the like the equine psychotherapy model. Um, that's part of it, maybe. This is wilderness therapy, which okay. I did right outside of grad school. And then while I was doing wilderness, I decided that I also wanted to be certified and trained in equine therapy. And, and so, had you had experience with horses before? Oh, yeah. Good question. Yes, I grew up riding dressage. It was okay. a huge part of my life. All right. But I had done less work on the ground with them. And the equine therapy that I became trained in was totally focused on the ground. Okay. Um, and again, I thought using experiential um, activities and horses especially was such a unique way of looking at human behavior and helping people heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, rich... Um, anthropological or human tradition though of our animal relationships being kind of an extension of our social identity so it kind of makes sense that there would be this this powerful link that you could tap into yeah horses especially right i mean yes we we have such a long-standing human relationship with horses ten thousand years long or something like that yeah they're transformative for sure and some of the most perceptive beings that i've ever been around yeah, interesting. Yeah. So then, and, and you've worked in a lot of different clinical contexts through yeah. that, that work history. Yep, yeah. From wilderness, I kind of moved into more of a medical realm. I'm, I've always been really interested in the brain and trauma. So I worked in neurotrauma with people that experienced strokes and kind of mass traumas around car accidents and things like that that ended them into the hospital. And then I moved into cancer research um, area, oncology, and then I've delved into dual diagnosis and um, kind of all of these work experiences happened in Oregon and mostly led by curiosity and wanting more training. Mm. Um, I think one of the things about counseling is you go through your edu- your formal education and then the learning really starts. Right. Because you need to get into the field and do the work. Exactly. To kind of hone the craft and the and, and kind of have that feedback loop of like, oh, that didn't go so well. And, you know, so it's, exactly. it's a special kind of training in that way. Yeah. You reach higher and higher plateaus. Exactly. Am, I, am I wrong in thinking, though, that there's a kind of through line in some of this work mm-hmm. in blending kind of physical kind of sense yes. of the physical body and how that might be part of therapy, not just the talk therapy part. That's yes. what you started by saying. But even in the in the neurotrauma and in the yep. cancer, it's it's getting people to engage with their bodies fully as part of the therapy. 
Exactly. Yeah. I've always been really interested in how um, mental health shows up in the body and what the connections are with that and um, how experiences are held in the body, like in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that's a good observation. That's a and very... then the flip side would be like, what can we do in the body to kind yes. of move that that back into a positive healing. mental health? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's really powerful, and and I I, I know in your record that, you know, you've done some work in grief and that's an area yeah. where I um, do a lot of my own research and thinking. And, oh. and I know you've connected with Tamarack, which is just yeah. an incredible local organization totally. um, that, that, yeah, I mean, hard to quickly summarize what they do, but you know, it's yeah. a community resource for helping people process trauma and grief, both yes. at the individual, but also at the group scale, you know, families, but yeah. also communities that experience trauma. Uh, was that what brought you here it into is. this community? Yes, I, I apologize, I digressed, but yes, um, it is exactly like I was living in Oregon, in Southern Oregon at the time of Ashland, um, and have always wanted to live in the Rockies, truly. Mm-hmm was not planning to do it during the winter, however, and um, decided that I would look and see if there was any opportunities here and found Tamarack and applied kind of on a whim um, and was grateful to um, accept a job here. Mm -hmm. And so ended up moving in February in the middle of a blizzard in 2019. And, um, And actually, in all honesty, I love it here. And I totally fell in love with this place. And it was at Tamarack that I met a lovely colleague named Kim and she was in the counselor education program at the time and she um, talked to me about the PhD program which I had previously applied to some PhD programs kind of various times throughout my career and never had quite found the right fit or the timing wasn't quite right and when I came to um, know the fact some of the faculty here before even applying I just fell in love with them and the relationship building is so clear here um, and the way that they interact, the cohesiveness. And it's just, yeah. So I was overwhelmed with um, desire to apply and, yeah, felt really grateful. Well, and of course, you're not the only person to say that about that particular group. They're, yeah. They kind of have that reputation uh-huh. on campus. They're very tight-knit, very close-knit. Yes. They work incredibly well together and yeah. just an amazing group of people. And, yeah. And attracting um, a, a really talented set of new faculty and yeah. students. And so you've been in that PhD program since 2020. Yep. What are you working on? What are you, what's your research interest there? Yeah, good question. So my research is very similar to the thread that you noted <laughs> throughout my work history, which is how traumatic experiences can show up specifically in athletes in their body regarding physical injury and kind of difficulty recovering from injury or chronic pain, that kind of pieces. Interesting. And uh-huh. that's not something you'd worked on before. What's your sort of, uh, you know, your data set? Is it involving UM athletes or community athletes? Yeah, it's actually with the athletic trainers. I'm hoping to kind of shift that focus from a performance-based uh, view of physical injury to more of a mind-body approach. And how can we also incorporate the historical experiences that athletes may have experienced that are impacting their bodies. Okay, so it's a kind of holistic yeah. shift in how the training itself would be done. That wouldn't take into account, you know, mental, psychological yeah. factors as well as just the injury point and, you know, what needs to be fixed on the body. 
Exactly. Wow, yeah. That's really exciting. And yeah. so, um, you know, you're two years in. Yeah, two years in. Coursework done. You're moving yeah. toward uh, dissertation. Yeah. Proposal accepted or on its way? Uh, proposal hopefully will happen in the fall. Okay. And yeah. in part of what we talk about on the show, that's why I'm getting into the nitty gritty, is yeah, please. sort of demystifying graduate school and what, what it feels and looks mm-hmm. like. And so you, you have these phases. And, you know, coursework, of course, really important. You find that question that is going to burn uh, and, and going to drive your passion. And now you found it and you're yeah. going to shape that into a research proposal in the fall. Let's hope. And the Bertha Morton gives you that drive, uh, yeah. that extra little wind in your sails to go do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was so cool to have that funding. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So it is always And nice. when you're done with your PhD, what do you imagine doing? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I seem to do better with my hands in a few different things. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping to keep my clinical work. I have a private practice here in town. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you've maintained a private practice all during your time as a grad student. Yeah. That must be kind of challenging. Uh-huh. Have you had to kind of limit the number of clients? Yes. Turns out graduate school is a lot of commitments and a yeah. lot of responsibility. Pretty demanding. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you'll try to maintain that and then, yeah. and then think about research projects or connections with other... Yeah, I hope to continue to be connected with the university somehow. I think because I didn't come to Missoula specifically for grad school, I really love it here and I would like to stay. Mm. Um, I wasn't anticipating loving research so much. Mm. And so I'm really excited to hopefully continue in that realm somehow. Yeah. Well, that makes my heart sing because we do like to tell that story too about how important research is to drive a great research institution. You know, we need people that get that bug, you know. And of course, that's not everyone. I mean, a lot of professional agrees. They don't do a lot of research. But when people do, it's great to have that structure and that environment Mm. and that support to kind of push a boundary yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on the award and, and thank you so much oh. for joining us on Confluence. Oh my gosh, thank you again. It's been lovely. If you like what you've heard, you've got Kate Lloyd to thank. She's a student in our MFA program in media arts. Her deft ear and keen editing touch have created the sonic landscape through which you're floating. We'd like to thank UM's College of Arts and Media for providing studio space and talent to support this production. Confluence is brought to you by the Graduate School of the University of Montana. Innovation, imagination, intellect to serve the state, the region, and the world. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google by searching Confluence University of Montana or click a link at the Confluence website, www umt.edu slash grad. On the Telling Our Story tab, you'll find podcasts, videos, and other media that help us share with the world the groundbreaking research and creativity happening at the University of Montana. Enjoy the float. From Pride and Prejudice.